everyone welcome to the steve perriman podcast as ever in attendance with me is howard welcome howard hi howard's looking very spursy today in his white uh, shining white top and tom in the control tower hi tom how are you evening steve i'm good thank you well done thank you for your input again as ever so um yeah i've Maybe you've noticed I've had a haircut, so I think the Irish grandmother is coming out of me, so people started to call me Sean, Sean Perryman. Uh, my grandmother's name was Bridget, and uh, a, a very nice Irish lady, I have to say. Not that anyone ever pulled me up on it with regard to possibly playing for, for an international team other than England, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, I'm getting close to 70 chaps. Um, I think you're around about the same age, Howard, aren't you? 13 days, yeah. 13 days different. So I stayed with a very good friend of mine, John Newman, the other day. Um, it was actually the night before Jimmy's funeral, because John's house is near Chelmsford, where the funeral was. Um, I didn't get to him till about half past 11 at night, and... John kindly stayed up for me because he knew I was coming. And then we talked probably to about 1.30 in the morning. And the basis of what we were talking about was how, how it is to get old. I'm not going to tell you John's age, but he's some, some years older than me. And he said a very telling thing. He said, Steve, the only thing I'm getting better at is forgetting things. So I, <laughs> I'm starting to get the feeling of that at near 70 years of age. I'm sure you're, Howard, feeling the same way at times. What? <laughs> so um, we're, we're touch on, obviously, changing manager and a couple of games. So I'd like uh, to hear your thoughts, chaps, from your position. Um, only you, Howard, went to the Vitesse game, didn't you? Yeah. How, how did you see that one? We weren't going to go because it's Mickey Mouse competition and it's cold and it's rainy and whatever. And then comes, uh, he, gets the, he gets the job. So suddenly we wanted to be there to be, to be supporting him and seeing what reaction he gets from the fans, which was very good, actually. Yes. Um, and so it, that was really the main, main thing. And if he wanted a lesson in what's going to be like managing Tottenham, <laughs> that match gave him 90 minutes of all aspects. Yeah. From start to finish. Start to finish. They were, it, it seemed to me, they were excellent. We were excellent for 20 plus minutes. Yeah. And then eventually as the game went on, our sort of fire in the belly start to sort of dwindle and, and it got back to being something like normal. And of course we went down to 10 men, which doesn't help, does it? And the opponents grew in confidence and all of a sudden get a couple of goals and, and making us look very average against a second-rate team, really. That's how I, I saw them. What about you, Tom? I didn't go, but um, you know, I, watched, I watched it with a, with a lot of interest from, um, from home, obviously, with the similar with Howard, looking forward to seeing how the new manager did and what kind of reception he got. Um, and I thought that 
you know, you, you, you said that we kind of, um, you know, the fire in the bellies dissipated after a while. And I, I totally agree because I thought even when we were kind of pushing forward at the beginning, it was a lot of, it seemed more enthusiastic than measured um, in terms of the way we were kind of driving forward, apart from the um, Mora's goal, which was excellent. That's yeah, yeah. really nicely crafted goal. Um, whereas I thought even when Vitesse were two and three nil down, they looked like they all knew what they were doing, they, they moved it well, they passed it well. Um, and they kind of carried on playing pretty much the same way throughout the match. Yeah, they seemed to have a level of control over the way they played, whereas, whereas we were kind of like straight out of the blocks looking to you know impress the boss impress and, yeah exactly um impress. and they were impressive they were they were and uh, you know everyone everyone looked like they were trying to um stake a claim um but uh, as, as i say i just i felt it was more you know he's not going to come in and make changes over, over to, to, to the way we play overnight but there were, there were certainly a few patterns of play you could see that we haven't really been doing under under nuno um but as i say i, I felt it was more it was more kind of enthusiasm and fire in the belly. Um, yeah. Whereas Vitesse, as you say, second-rate team, but players who knew what their roles were and 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 how they were meant to be playing. And I, and I think yeah. over the course of the game, it showed that, that they were a, a much more a much more drilled team than we were on the day. Can I ask about your feelings, both of you, for Nuno? Well, I I feel felt. Whenever there's a change of manager, usually that manager has players that played for him who are actually prepared to give interviews and say, we let him down or we're very sorry about this, that and the other, or it's a shame to see him go. I didn't come across any players interviewed anywhere that had words, a kind word to say. Yeah. It wasn't even a social media post from, no. from a single one, was there? You know, when, when Mourinho went, it was all, you know, cheers, boss, you, you know, wish you all the best kind of thing from, from players you might not even have expected to have said that about him. But yeah, there wasn't a single word about Nuno, was there? Yeah. I I wanted to like him. I'm not going to back off that. Mm. I liked him as the Wolves manager before and after games. Be it they won, they lost, they drew. I thought he was very sensible. Um, I worried in the latter stages of his Tottenham career with his his manner on the line. I think if you looked at his eyes, he looked beaten. And, and there was some, some poor games, wasn't there? Some poor yeah. performances. So he, he in a way, I'm, uh, what would I know other than a feeling? But it, it felt like he was floundering inside. Um, and that could only be seen by his lack of energy on the touchline but that's his style maybe, but it sort of shone through his eyes that he was, he was lacking something. And yeah, if he, you know, if he knew that the players didn't fancy him or like him or whatever, then, you know, that that's a very sad situation to be in as a, as a manager. And so, so I've ended up feeling very sorry for him and um, yeah, but then of course we appoint, our new manager. And of course, there's the PR stuff put out that, yeah, he wasn't really interested in the job the first time because he hadn't had long enough out of the previous club. Well, do we think that was PR or do we think that's, um, that's genuine? I think, I think, I think questions were definitely preempted um, when, when they kind of announced any of that announcement press was, was obviously going to kind of 
um, anticipate that kind of question being asked. So I, uh, you get the feeling it was kind of, yeah, let's come up with a reason for why you didn't yeah. join us in the summer. Um, maybe totally wrong, of course, that's total, me totally speculating, but um, working in marketing and PR, it certainly felt like that was the kind of way the article had, had come about. Do you ever advise Tottenham on their PR, Tom? Uh, I don't do it face to face. I shout at things I see sometimes, which uh, don't work particularly well. But uh, you do yeah. it. You do it in your own head. Exactly. Howard, how are you feeling about the new appointment? You mean the Messiah? The the Messiah. Wow, you're showing your, you're showing your hand very early there, Howard. I know. Go on, um, then. give us it. Well, I. I... I just think we we tried the old managers old managers available in Europe without getting anybody signed up, and eventually took Nuno because there was nobody else. Yeah, which means that Conte was in a, in a great position. Yeah, and I've always had this thing about when the day a manager signs for the club is the day he's got power. From every day onwards, that after that he's under pressure. Yes. Yeah. So I think that. With, I remember screaming at the television when Glenn signed, but Glenn hadn't got any of these assurances. He wanted to come back to Tottenham. Great. I mean, delighted he came back, but he could have done more if he did it at that moment in time, if he could yeah. have signed. And anyway, so you can't do that anymore. But what do I think of this one? I think this one can do more. I think the fact that, he's, that they've had to go back and get him a second time suggests that he is. And his demeanour says, I don't care what you do. Fuck, fuck you. This is what I'm doing. He's going to yeah. get on with it. Yeah. And I think that's what we need. I think that's what, what Daniel needs, what the player needs, players need. So they, they, what they need to know, whereas they may have taken it easier with Nuno or whatever, they've got to give 100% now or else they're out. I think it's also the other encouraging thing is, is, is with Nuno, you never felt sure that he and um, yeah, our kind of sporting director team were, were the right fit, perhaps, whereas we know that... Um, Conte worked with um, Patariki at, uh, at Juventus before to, with great success. Um, so you know that relationship exists uh, in, in what is now the kind of um, formal structure of the, of the footballing side of the club. So yeah, that's got to be encouraging. Absolutely. Um, as per what he sort of promises to bring, uh, some discipline, some hard work, etc. Did you did you see any of that? Let's forget the Vitesse game, because it was sort of nip and tuck, wasn't it? Up there and then up there, and it was all over the place. And I don't think anyone could make any judgment. It's a, it was a shot for nothing, really, for him, wasn't it? Uh, limited time to 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 try and organise the players, etc. Therefore, he went for the tried and tested way. Um. That had probably been been happening before he came, but did you witness any of that in the Everton performance? Yeah, I thought so. I thought they they, they were definitely working hard for him. Uh, it, it just struck me that we should be doing better with the players of the quality that we've got there. Um, yeah. But I think that that whole subject of um, the players playing for you, whether it's right or not. All of the media have been full of. We've only, we've only had, two, haven't had two shots, on, or hadn't had, had more than one shot at goal in the last two games, which yeah. is incredible, incredible statistic. Yeah. But, um, but in my, my, if I look at the squad, I'm expecting the Celso, Orn, and Dembele to be the creative man, the whole, number ten, if you like. 
yeah. in a position. Yeah. And it, when it, it doesn't happen, or I mean, what was what, what was that corner in the last? Oh minute? my god! I was about to say. I was about to say. We saw like <laughs> we, we 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 saw the kind of potential of Lo Celso, and then what we actually get from him in the space of. Um, two minutes in that game didn't we because he nearly yeah. wins he nearly wins yeah. it with a great shot and yeah. um and if that goes in you're kind of you, you, yeah the whole complexion of the game's changed and you're celebrating a really well hard um win um yeah you know whereas but but you know to then to then take a corner like like that right at the end you know was was unforgivable you know we, we've always everyone's jokes about Ericsson in the first man but this was at that time of the game I don't know how professional <laughs> footballer can do that yeah, just to mention that, my belief is that you can, you can give an instruction to the corner kick taker um, and you practice it at the training ground. It's the same. There is no step up at the training ground. It's regular. It's one, two, three, bosh. At some grounds, it's not like that. There is a, an actual step up off the track onto the pitch. So my belief is, Maybe I'm wrong. My belief is you always get someone to take the first position from your attacking players. Someone, someone has got to go to the front post with an image that, and I used to say it to players, supposing he miskicks the ball and it scuttles along the floor, would you get it? That's the, that's the clue of, yeah. of getting that position. So, of course, it stops the early one coming out straight back against you, doesn't it? And even if it is a scuttle along the floor, your player can, can do something with it, flick it on or, or play it back to the corner kicker. So you mentioned, you mentioned um, Ericsson. So it does regularly happen. Now, for something regularly happens, you have to cover the regularity of it. So... You know, I just know when me and Ozzy took over from Venables, uh, we asked them to put on whatever free kicks and corners they did under Terry. And Stuart Nethercott was making these particular runs. And I'd say to him after three or four, Stuart, why are you making that run? He'd say, for the bad one. My responsibility is the bad one. Now, I think that's very clever because mm. you could turn a bad one into a not so bad one or even better than that. So, um, so that's something that I think is lacking with our, our team. Front post and somebody running the, the back door, the far post, because that's a regular... Yeah, go on. The ground, is a run, is it, the ground is a run-up. The corner, the corner pitch. Absolutely. So you, you've got to try and cover these things. You know, what if, what if there's a, a, a bad corner kick? Well, you've, you've covered it. So I believe that there was about between 10 and 15% um, upgrade on the player's energy and their legs. So call that a new manager effect call it Conte's way. It seemed a bit of both of that, I think. What I, what I believe will happen is that will make us more competitive. So whatever group of players you got, and what you start with from Conte's point of view, a bad group, a middle group, a great group, if you can up the workload 
that gives you a certain amount of power with the with the players when they see what the extra work rate does for them and their performance. So I think it's going to make us more competitive. I think it's going to make us harder to beat. Not impossible to beat because that doesn't happen. Liverpool losing to West Ham showed top, top, top teams can get beat on a certain occasion with referees and the VAR and all the stuff that, that happens. But, but you, are, you are becoming more consistent with a higher work rate. And I think that's something that since Poch doesn't seem to have been there. And I would assume, I would assume that Mourinho wants a high work rate, but it didn't seem to, to come out in the players, does it? Right. I, I have a slight problem, and this is not me being a coward, but this, I have a problem with players that can play, can try, can work hard for manager A, but they can't do it for manager B or C. I think that is apparent these days. I think that they've lost sight. I'm talking about a lot of different, a lot of clubs, a lot of teams. Modern day players have lost sight while you play football and you're playing for your club. You're playing for your supporters. Of course you're playing for the manager. But do you know what? Even if you don't like him and he doesn't like you, you're playing for your self-pride. Because you're the one who's got to go to bed that night. You've got to see your dad and your brothers because they've watched that performance. You've got to sleep in the middle of the night and wake up at two o'clock in the morning and think, I didn't do it today. Which, which, is, which happens to everyone. But if that's happening off the back of you not being fully committed, I think that is a disgrace. And if that is the case with players, I think they should be horsewhipped, horsewhipped, killed. Conte's words, killed. Did you see his his uh, interview with um, Thierry Henry? Yeah, bad attitude. Yeah. I killed them. <laughs> I killed them. So let me give you a for instance about that type of thing. And uh, this is someone that's been in the game. So. Agents have a role to play in this. Their player or players get taken out by the manager or put down by the manager in training. And then it happens the next day. And then all of a sudden, agents phone the chairman, the owner, and they have a bit of a moan about it. So if you're in the honeymoon period as a new manager, I believe that the owner would say, well, New manager, that's what he does. That's his style. Come on, you're going to have to go with it. You're going to have to take a bit of pain for the sake of improvement, hopefully. But then maybe when the honeymoon period is over and you've won some games and you've lost some games, you've had some highs, you've had some lows. But I think, I think Conte will take out of us the inconsistency of, of all of that. But then all of a sudden, the, the, the owner stroke chairman at any club listens a bit more to the voices coming from the outside. You can't treat players like that. That's what, you, that's what you'll be given. You know, 
okay, this is a completely different level. So I start to help Exeter, no money, fourth division. And the old war horse of a centre forward who used to try his best, probably about six games, eight games before his contract finished, would score four goals in amongst it. And they might be the odd goal that wins a game. At the end of the season, I'm there to help the manager make decisions. And we decide the old war horse, some supporters might call him another type of horse, maybe a cart horse. We're not going to renew his contract. And we make it known. And nobody smiles when you make these decisions. Nobody. You're stopping someone earning a living. You're saying, that's enough. That's enough for us. I had an email with at least 50 or 60 names on it that said, if you are part of the decision and you allow this player to leave us, we will cease our support of Exeter City. You know what my reaction was? See you later. <laughs> the towel does not wag the dog at any club I'm involved with. And supposing we sign him and after a year, we're not scoring goals. You know what you'll say? You'll say, why did you re-sign him? Was this so a group I, of fans, Steve? A group of fans. And I kept the email and I kept the names. And over the course of the next 14, 15 years that I was there, they came back at me. One Norwegian, one Norwegian. So imagine him putting his name to a list from Norway, turned up at the training ground to have a look around our, our um, facilities. And I said, your name is so-and-so. Yeah. I said, you're going to put your name to any more emails after that first one? No, Steve, no, it's, no, it's really, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But that's what influences can try and do to you as a decision maker call it agents these days, call it a group of supporters, whatever. So, so what I'm trying to say to you is it's not easy. It's not easy, but. Um, I guess, I guess Steve, that's like um, the, an older, you know, slightly in the past version of what was happening on Twitter with um, Gattuso and, um, and even Nuno in the summer fans getting on board, creating a hashtag no to Gattuso, no to Nuno, trying to influence the decision of the club as yeah. a collective, as a collective, as a collective group of, of people who otherwise wouldn't have any any yeah. kind of influence or say. Yeah, it, it, it's, it was a strange situation to be in. And I suppose I'd never really felt that before. I certainly didn't have it in Japan. Okay, sugar was sugar. Um, but that's a, that's a one-off. But um, certainly not at Watford. Uh, Brentford, the chairman, was... Was, would like to tell you who he thinks should go, but it's your decision. It's your decision, Steve. Yeah, well, good job I didn't get rid of Andy Sinton like you you wanted me to as an 18-year-old. You ended up selling for 350 grand to QPR. But anyway, it's your decision. It's your decision, Steve. Yeah, exactly. So stick with that. It's your decision as the manager or one of the decision makers. And then you've got a chance to to apportion blame if things go wrong. That's what I'm saying. 
you want to you want to take everyone's opinion on what team to pick and whatever. Guess what? If you won the game and you took all those opinions, what do you do next week? Canvas the supporters again. Can't be done. Cannot be done. So um, I think he will kick some ass. Uh, according to the players' situation and their desire to get away or not, if they want to stay and be part of the great, the mighty Tottenham Hotspur, they'll they'll stomach it and and I hope they believe that this man can bring us trophies because uh, that's what we all want. In the end, it comes down to the relationship between, not only at Tottenham, it comes down to the relationship between the manager and the chairman, stroke owner. That's, that's really what's happening. And, um, you know, the better results the manager gets, the better relationship he has with the person above him. And I think Tottenham Hotspur needs a strong manager. That's what yep. we need. We pray for a strong manager because that means that he's got the power to maybe bring in people that he wants or lets people go that is not obvious to us all at this particular moment. But there's some surprises coming around the corner. There are some surprises coming with Conte, that's for sure. Yeah. I think most of them be good ones, and I think they'll be borne out at the end of the day if he's allowed to do what he wants to do. So, um, so yeah. I'm going to praise Dyer. Good. Against Everton. I thought Dyer did nothing wrong. I think he played with an extra piece of tempo that I think has been lacking from him. I think Skip came of age. Skip on certain games has looked like a young, energetic lad. And I think he looked like a man against Everton. So I'm so happy to say that. Davis, Davis, wow. What a turnaround, Davis, from one game to the next. Vitesse, I couldn't really see him getting picked for the second game after the Vitesse one. But he was and, and played played up to what he can do. I mean, for him to be going on the overlaps and underlaps, which is not really his game, is it? He's a steady Eddie. Yeah. And, and hopefully can defend his, his goal and, 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 and do the job there. But, um, and the Chelsea, I think, is still, the jury's out. It would have been great for his confidence if he'd have got that goal, um, but wasn't to be. But then, as you say, chaps, the good and bad within two minutes of each other. So, but you hear stories from Argentina that he's star man with the national team. So, what does he say? I haven't spoke. I haven't spoke with Ozzy about him actually. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a phone call. So. So yeah, um, I think, I think what he's done over, forget the two games over one game has give us a good base to work from. And I'm a lot happier going into the next games under this chap in charge. Um, I do come back to the, if players cannot try for one manager, but try for another one, how long does that last? And there's a weakness there somewhere. Mm -hmm. So my opinion, he will find that weakness. He will find the weakness. It's just whether then he can carry out 
And if he wants to sell someone, do we get enough money for him as per what was needed or we'd have got last season and all of that stuff. So um, it's all there to be proven, but I think he's, uh, he's made a good start. Anything to add, chaps, on that? I think, um, yeah, he won't, he, he, he's definitely not the type to suffer suffer fools and he's not the type to... Um, yeah, if, if 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 people aren't rolling their sleeves up at the training ground or whatever, then then yeah, he 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 won't have favourites, I'm sure. Um, but it goes. Yeah, I'm kind of reminded of Poch when he came in the first um, in, in in 2014, and uh, you know he, he he took a look at his squad and he made uh, he made Eunice Kapoor captain at the beginning of uh, his first season. Yes, 2014 2015. Uh, but then within a few a few weeks, I think he'd uh, um, he'd rooted out what he what he called the negative influence around the club. Um, and Kabul was never seen again. So um, yeah. it just shows how, how, how yeah, a manager's first impressions uh, and what we first see from, from from a new manager may well not last very long um, if if he's uh, if he's got the time and the um, wherewithal to assess what he's got, make decisions, but not stick by them long term necessarily if they're not the right one. So um, I think well, hopefully Conte is the the type who will um, you know do, do do what's right for the, for, the, for the club and not kind of. You know, have have favourites or keep any kind of legacy, you know, any any previous players kind of legacy hanging over. I think it's a whole new start for everyone. Sure. Excuse me. So I've been suffering from a cold and cough for the last two stroke three weeks since I come back off of holiday. So I'm about to go to the doctors and get that sorted out and a flu jab if if I'm allowed, and also my booster. So. Um, what you? Well, I'm gonna. We're gonna see you at the weekend, Howard, aren't we? We are indeed. Great. I look forward to seeing you, and um, and we're gonna see a good friend of ours, Danny, coming down from the north. So uh, be great to see him. So thank you for your input, chaps. Um, great to talk to you, Howard. Turn around. Have you got a number on that shirt? <laughs> and watch out <laughs> if it's watch out if it's not a number six. <laughs> what else would it be? <laughs> Okay, come on then. Good luck, everyone. Come on, you Spurs. I know it's International Week, but come on, you Spurs players that are going away. Come back fit to us and uh, see you all later. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.